Praise God, I'm Bill McMurdo and I'm bringing you this message which I believe is vital at this moment in time. I've been really blessed watching a video from Lou Engel and Dean Briggs um, and both solid men of God uh, who are speaking right now have been for a while about the great communion uh, blood revival, the a great revival that's coming based on communion, based on the blood of a lamb. And of course, the scripture I'm about to read is central to their thinking. And really blessed by it, and I'll share why in a minute. But let's just read the verses, Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. And it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation, and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night accused the brethren before God day and night it says and they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death now I've been preaching the last few weeks in my church that a pastor here in Glasgow on the precious blood of Christ and the blood is so precious and I've felt for a long time based on different things that there is coming a revelation of the blood that will transform the church that will transform society that will get millions saved and change global uh, politics bring about the fall of Babylon and usher in the Isaiah chapter 60 society um, where the tide is turned and the wealth of the nations comes into the body of Christ, comes into the people of God. Now, I was thrilled to hear Lou Engel and Dean Briggs speak about these matters of this coming revelation. They, they, they see that too, of the blood and of, of the power of communion and taking communion corporately um, and as, as the body of Christ um, in alignment with other uh, Christians and you know churches doing it in alignment with each other. Very very exciting stuff. And um, the video that, and I'll, I'll put the link um, down below in the description. Uh, you can watch it for yourself. It's over an hour long, but it's worth a watch. And it's very interesting because the the we're doing this video from Pikes Peak, um, which is in Colorado near Colorado Springs, and um, my. Parents had a house in Colorado, uh, a second home um, from the one they have here in Scotland. And that house was in West Cliff, or out, the outskirts of West Cliff, which is um, about, I think it's about 70 miles from Pikes Peak, roughly. And on a good day, you could see Pikes Peak from my mum's kitchen window. You could see Pikes Peak across the valley. And of course, Pikes Peak is that famous mountain where the the song America the Beautiful was composed because of the, the lady, I think, who composed it was at Pikes Peak um, and the, maje the majesty of, of beautiful, you know, the majesty of America. What's interesting is that mum and dad's house was at the foot of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains, which was, of course, is, of course, the blood of Christ. That's what it means. Um, so being at the foot of the cross, being at, at the foot of the blood of Christ is the place to be. So... And I think they were trying to say that Pikes Peak was a place, of course, Colorado Springs, Andrew Womack's there, different ministries are there. 
and they were interested in, they were speaking about Isaiah 25 in this video, the Mount of the Lord where the veil will, will be removed. And those of you who have been following what we're doing here in Scotland, you'll know that we have a similar vision for Mount Shehalion, that when the veiled one is removed, the, the Chilach is removed, you're left with Mount Sion. Uh, when you take th that word uh, Kyle out of um, the word Shehalion. Um, so sacred mountains. Now, yeah, you might think it's a bit weird, but I believe that there are mountains that, that symbolise in the earth what God wants to do in the earth. Um, and I think Pike's Peak is certainly one of them. Mount Shasta, up near Bill Johnson's place in Reading. And of course, Mount Shehalion here in Scotland. So the Mount of the Lord, in the Mount of the Lord it shall be seen. I'm not saying that there's just one mountain. I believe that there are mountains that are in the earth, that are in effect Mount Zion's because they symbolise in a nation God's kingdom, God's purpose, God's house, and God's mountain in that area. So I was just, I was electrified watching this. It's really good. Um, but they were speaking about a revelation of, of the blood that's coming. And of course, a deeper revelation that will transform us. I believe that. I have believed that for a while. Those of you, again, who follow what, what we're about here, will know that I speak a lot about the Richard McPhee prophecy of 1920 and his brother John McPhee who had the ministry where all these revelations came to them about the blood. They spoke a lot about the blood and overcoming by the blood and so on. And of course they had this, uh, the, the great Richard McPhee prophecy which is just so wonderful, which was handed to me by John McPhee's granddaughters and, and, and I was told that I was a man that they were to hand it to um, I've shared that in previous podcasts, previous um, messages. Um, there's a lot to get into, we won't do that here. But that prophecy was based on Revelation 12, 10 and 11, which is all about the man-child. Uh, Revelation 12 speaks about the man-child. And of course, these wonderful verses that say, the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Now that word accuser, in the Greek we get the word categorise from, or category. In other words, labelling. And, and there are accusers of the brethren, uh, I believe, uh, that we have to deal with. The accuser of the brethren, of course, is the, the devil himself, the evil one. But, uh, there's also people that, that lend themselves to the devil by becoming accusers of the brethren. And they love nothing more than to undermine and attack ministries. Um, so when you hear the voice of accusation against a preacher, against a pastor, there's a lot of that goes on, certainly in social media. Understand that the accuser of the brethren is not the Holy Spirit. The spirit of the accuser is not the Holy Spirit. And I hear stuff a lot about ministers, and you get it on social media too. Folks, don't spread that. That's just gossip and slander and accusation. And you get into all that, you end up becoming uh, energised by the accuser of the brethren, by that spirit. So, and you know, the Bible is very solemn about this. It says, don't receive an accusation against an elder or against a leader without two or three witnesses. So if someone says you, did you hear about so-and-so, you say, well, are there witnesses present? Now, I'm not talking about fellow liars and fellow gossips. I'm not talking about, oh, yeah, so-and-so said, and I read it on a, a Facebook page. We're not talking about that. Two or three credible witnesses. Now, it's, it's hard to find credible witnesses in today's church. So what it's really saying is, unless you can prove this beyond you know, any shadow of a doubt. Just because someone says to you, so-and-so, did you hear about so-and-so, and so-and-so and, and -so here will back me up, and folks, that's not what we're speaking about here. You know, the people that are witnesses in a court of law, 
are sworn in, okay, and no no defence lawyer um, or even a prosecution lawyer will ever use a witness who has dubious character or has proven uh, a lying, you know, they're liars. And so in the church, be very careful. Be very, very careful who you hear an accusation against. There's a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of leaders, people love to, uh, you know, prominent names, celebrity Christians. Oh, did you hear what he did? And, and oh, folks, let's not go down that route. That's not the way to do it. Pray for those folks. Pray that they'll be meek, pray meek, meek with meekness that they'll be restored. Because a lot of these guys that are in leadership that have fallen, you know, they did have sincere hearts. And, and sometimes motives get messed up, mixed up. Um, and so let's just be very slow to be judgmental and critical. Let's just not have that critical spirit about us. Um, but let's have a heart of mercy. Mercy rejoices against judgment. It's easy to judge. It's easy to be critical. And it's very easy to fall into this trap. See, I believe that people who give themselves over to the spirit of the accuser of the brethren, and that's what we're looking at here, because, you know, and... Um, these guys, uh, Lou Engel and, and Dean Briggs, were making a big point of that. They're speaking about this very thing. But they were saying about forgiveness because the whole matter of the blood, I've been preaching that this morning, uh, the last few weeks and this morning again, the blood reconciles, the blood forgives, the blood remits sin. It doesn't uh, highlight sin. It doesn't highlight other people's sin. So it's so vital for us to have that forgiveness that we give to other people, people that have wronged us, people that have hurt us, people that have defamed us, people that have uh, ripped us off, conned us, manipulated us, and people that are accusing us. So we have to, So part of the, the blood of Jesus in communion is that forgiveness thing. And they were talking about it really as a weapon. The blood of Jesus, and, and I loved how they put it, speaking about how the blood of Jesus is an atomic bomb, a nuclear explosion, in the kingdom of darkness. And when we use it, forgiveness is a weapon, folks. It's a weapon that we use to dismantle satanic and demonic strongholds. And, you know, you can actually defeat people who are given over to the accuser of the brethren by forgiving them. Um, and, you know, we, we, need to, we need to understand that. And there's a depth of this revelation-wise, and I think we need to really get into So I'm, I'm very much right now in my heart is to seek God as to what these deeper revelations of the blood are. And I'm not saying just one revelation, there may be all, all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I think when you hear about the old timers pleading the blood, and I was taught as a young Christian to plead the blood, and you do see breakthroughs with it. It's vital, I think, to know that there's so much more to this. And I think, you know, if you put Revelation chapter 12 here at the end of the, the age where we are right now, if we believe that, and it says now, now it's come. And it's a loud voice from heaven. And we need to hear from heaven in this day and age right now. We really do at this moment in time. Now has come salvation and strength. We need strength. We need salvation. I don't mean born again salvation. We need salvation from present and temporal powers that are opposing us and situations. And we need strength and the kingdom. See, they say now has come the kingdom. And now it's come the power of his Christ. For or because the accuser of the brethren is cast down. Um, and, and of course, it goes on to verse 12. It says, Rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in him. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. 
let me just say this to you. He's telling us here the accuser is cast down. So if anyone has that accusing the brethren thing about them, folks, they're going to they're be cast down. They're going to be absolutely wiped out in this present moment, this this time that's to come, this, this short time. Uh, people that spend their lives being watchmen, people that spend their lives being judgmental and critical and accusing people, especially if you accuse them wrongly or on hearsay or without evidence. When you accuse the brethren or manipulate things to accuse the brethren, um, then you're going to be cast down along with this, this fella here, the devil. Um, because that's what he does. He, he is the categorio. He is the, he is the accuser of the brethren. And, and what I'm, I believe is coming is an age where the blood of Jesus is going to be highly exalted, revered, and anyone who comes against the blood. See, if you want to haul someone's sins out from under the blood of Jesus, then you, you can expect that to happen to you. Um, because God's getting very serious, I believe. The Lord is getting very serious about who's saved and who's not, and who's playing games and who's not, and who is a false brother and who's a true. So, listen, I'm, I'm not being judgmental or critical myself. Just let's none of us mess up. Let's all of us walk with very humble hearts, walk softly before the Lord, yet boldly. You can walk soft and bold at the same time. Um, but let's not assume with arrogance that we have superiority over other people because I think that's what he's addressing here. He's saying the days when you, you can just trample on your fellow believers and other people, those days are ended. The accuser has been cast down. The blood is going to be the thing. When you, when you say to somebody, I plead the blood of Jesus, you, the blood is your only merit. You're not saying, well, I've been a good guy. I've been a pastor for 25 years. I've been this, I've been that, folks. You know, I've been a Christian forever. Forget it. That won't, that won't cut it. Your only plea, your only merit is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, I'm going to spend the rest of my life making big of the blood more than I ever have. And I always have. I grew up in a home where the blood of Jesus, those old blood hymns were played. Uh, you know, my, my and my dad's side, the background of Salvation Army, and all those old blood songs, have you been to Jesus, would you be free, all that stuff. So I've always had a reverence for the blood. Um, I don't say that boastfully, I'm just saying, I, I was taught it, you know, I picked it up. And I always know, you, know, you can sing a whole bunch of stuff and get blessed, but the minute you start singing about the blood, the minute you start preaching about the blood, the minute you bring the blood into the conversation, and folks, it should never be out of the conversation. It should never be something that we don't talk about. Now, you know, we don't want to do despite unto the spirit of grace. We don't want to do despite unto the blood. We don't want to be people that treat the blood glibly, lightly. Ah, well, I can always get forgiveness, I can always... We don't want to be doing that. We don't want to be saying, well, you know, I, I, I can just do what I want, but the blood's there. Folks, let's exalt the blood. Let's praise him for the blood. Let's understand that the blood is the, the difference maker. That's a blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood, and it's the blood that makes atonement, that makes propitiation. Um, I've been saying it all morning, and I just tripped myself up. All these wonderful things, these big theological terms that come with the blood, justification, sanctification, propitiation, the theological terms don't get lost in the, oh, I don't know what that means. Look up what it means. 
put into those layman's terms, if you want to call it that, that make you understand that the blood is what removes anything that separates us from the Lord, from God, from the Father. So we come into his presence boldly because of the blood. We overcome anything that comes against. You know, if, if it's of the devil, it's, it's accusing the brethren. You're not good enough. You're not holy enough. You're not righteous enough. You're not enough. You're, you know. In fact, the accuser of the brethren is the one who brings the inferiority complex. Remember that old phrase people used to use? Upon everybody, you're just not good enough. Well, we, we aren't good enough in ourselves, but we're good enough in his blood. We're worthy in his blood. It's his blood that makes us justified, righteous, sanctified, and that atones for us. Not just for the sins of the past, but ongoing, we're cleansed if we stay under the blood. And I choose to stay under the blood. I choose to be a man, a preacher of the blood of Jesus. So folks, we overcome. And um, this is, uh, I'm doing this teaching on the precious blood. It's a series and I'm using uh, a guy called Tommy Combs, his book, 39 uh, Stripes. It's called This Blood's For You. Tommy Combs, a wonderful man of God, a tremendous man of God. And I have the privilege of knowing him and meeting him personally. He's prophesied into my life. A mighty man, a man of miracles, of signs and wonders, a guy who's raised the dead. Oh, you know, Tommy is the real deal, the top-notch guy. And um, so I'm blessed to know him, and I'm, I'm using his book as a guideline for preaching right now on the precious blood. So folks, that's how we are right now. Um, stay under the blood of Jesus. Stay blood-cleansed, blood-bought, blood-sanctified, blood-washed, blood-protected. And blood delivered from the accuser. The accuser's coming down, folks. That's that's the great message. And there's coming forth revelation of the blood that's going to blow our minds. You know, our minds need blown from time to time. You know, uh, we ought to be renewing our mind daily. But I think there's times where God just sends a, a Holy Ghost cannon straight into our minds, blows our minds. Uh, because we, we need to have our minds in a place where we think like him. You think like him, you'll be like him. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll talk like him, you'll think like him, you'll function like him. You're meant to, you know, children are meant to imitate their parents, their father, their mother. So be blessed, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and stay under the blood. In Jesus' name, amen.